Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Welcome, friends, to another edition podcast of Disciple Making with my friend Darren Wright. I'm Tim Beadle, and we're digging deeper into uh, Damien Girk's uh, book, In the Way, The Churches We Know It, can be a disciple-making movement. And, and over the last uh, few podcasts, we've been considering different aspects of how the church engages with people, the relationship of and strategy of uh drawing and keeping people connected to the body. Uh, Today, we're going to look at a very interesting and quite challenging area in terms of how people grow uh, in terms of being fed. Do do, do you want to take it from there? Oh, man, you know, this, this, uh, this, this brings flashbacks of my early ministry where I had a meeting with a fella came to visit with me and, and uh, they decided that they were going to move to a different church. And their reason was, guess what it was? They weren't being fed. They weren't being fed. <laughs> and you know what? I didn't know what that meant then, and I still don't still don't know what it actually means anymore. But that's what this, this contrast is about. The contrast between legacy church and disciple-making movements. In a legacy church, we have this, this sense of the purpose of the church or core mission of the church is to feed people. Whereas you see in disciple-making movements very, very clearly that the bias is towards training people and releasing people to feed themselves. So that's quite a contrast, Tim. Uh, is it? Is it as black and white as that? I think it is. Uh, when you think of all the various needs of people coming towards the church these days as well, you would have to give a spiritual smorgasbord to meet the appetites of all the people uh, and all those who are at different levels of understanding, spiritual growth, maturity. Uh, but when you go to a buffet... Uh, you expect the food to be there and replenished regularly so that you can be fed. But this is a totally different model of understanding that basically is biblical. Uh, like I think in natural, naturally, uh, you know, I've, I've got six little grandkids now. And uh, when they come over, they're at the age, except for one of them, where we still have to feed them. Or we've bought all of these little uh, utensils, children's toddler utensils for them to learn how to feed themselves. Hmm. Uh, Because not only is it uh, the responsibility of parents to uh, feed their children for the sake of nourishment, eventually uh, we need to teach children how to feed themselves. Hmm. And it becomes a natural part of the growth cycle. Now, uh, kids don't ask you to feed them. They said, hey, where's all the food out of the pantry? (laughs) Where's the (laughs) chips and the pop? Uh, So uh, there there comes this this natural expectations that people learn naturally how to feed themselves unless you're sick. Uh, my mother is in an extended care facility. She can no longer feed herself. Mm-hmm. And therefore, three times a day, someone physically has to feed her. And I'm wondering, uh, Darren, as I love this back to you, in the church, uh, is that perhaps a dilemma and a description that, that people who have been in the church a long time, they're just sitting around waiting to be fed because they've never been taught how? Yeah, I, I think I think that's a big part of it. And, you know, it really does when you when you use the parenting metaphor, you know, for this or that, you know, training children, the idea of someone being 5, 10, 15, 20, 40 years along and still being fed yeah. um, 
that say that dependence, it, it sounds ridiculous, right? Yeah. And so it, it just, I think, crystallizes how odd it is for us to think that that we should be fed by someone else. I think what it does, Tim, it's because in part, and I think Damien points this out very well in, in the book here that we're kind of walking through yeah. in the way by Damien Girk, that, uh, you know, because we're so biased towards teaching and, and teachers and, and vocational professionals, yeah. that there's this built-in dependence on them. And so the entire mission of the church is built around this dependency. And it's very difficult for us, you know, if we've been trained to be teachers who teach, uh, to break out of that dependency. Exactly. You know, if you, if you look at just the cognitive ability of people to even remember uh, the words that are spoken to us and taught from the pulpit, uh, unless there's some sort of application, you only re- remember, you know, within three days, you, re- you might remember like 4%. Mm. And, and, and that was to be the main teaching, the nourishment sharing. And I think we have to go back to basics and realize that God's word is basically food for our souls. Now, it is the responsibility of the church to make sure that uh, that food is served for us, but also a similar uh, injunction and demand on church leadership is to teach and then train people how to feed themselves. And I think we make an effort at that by putting people into small groups. And then we say, okay, who's going to be the leader? And then they have to sort of figure this out. But uh, as we've spoken in past podcasts, and, and this is a burning issue in my heart, is that the, ter- the church has just spent so much time teaching, teaching content, mm-hmm. but they haven't been training, training people and developing them to be able to do this themselves and then lead others in the same practice of becoming a self-feeder. Yeah, and and before we really jump into the solutions, which we ultimately want to do here, uh, you know, this reminds me, I think I mentioned before, the old, you know, Sun Life, what they, they call the 80% problem, where they analyzed 100 churches and analyzed the programming. And out of all those churches, 80% of the churches, everything they were doing would fit into the category of building the believer, yeah. And that's, you know, if you broke up the ministry according to winning the loss, building the believer, equipping the worker, multiplying the ministries, 80% of these churches, everything they did was building the believer. It was build, 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 yeah. not training, yeah. not winning or reaching new, but just building. And that's really what this is about. It's the feed, feed, feed with no exercise. And exactly. that, if we use a physical metaphor, that's not a healthy state of being. No, it isn't. Uh, I know uh, many, many moons ago, we talked about... Uh, at least when you listen to someone, you should be doing an internal exercise in which you're, it's called the learning circle. You know, what did God say to me through this? What am I going to do about it? And who's going to hold me accountable to it? So at least as we're listening to someone else, because teaching is good, like it's great. It's uh, people who are listening to this podcast, hopefully we'll learn something. Uh, but uh, you can't just let it go in one ear and out of the proverbial other. You You have to have an inner disposition whereby you're hungry and thirsty for truth and also for growth. You want to grow up. You want to develop yourself because the design, uh, the nature of your design in terms of being uh, designed by God in his image is that you are designed to grow spiritually. Mm-hmm. And therefore you you have to come to grips with, okay, uh, to what extent am I taking responsibility for my own spiritual growth? Oh yeah. Well, and again, the, the model 
of feed, the feed me model is based around a consumeristic mindset it is. where where you know we we shop for a church <laughs> we know each church shopping yeah. we look for you know the style we like the flavor we like uh the theology which you know there's not, nothing wrong with looking for good theology but we you know very much a, a one of my pros used to call it cafeteria christianity yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Take a little bit of this and leave this and back and forth and so with that mindset it becomes ultimately you make your selection then becomes very passive that's and right. we we don't call people or challenge people to you know put on the apron, get into the kitchen, and start <laughs> cooking for themselves and fending that's for great. themselves and feed themselves, yeah. and also feed others. I think that that's what uh, Damien says. He says uh, basically, if if we're not actually actively trying to uh, learn how to feed ourselves, then then what happens is. We can never really lead anyone further than we've come ourselves, mm. and you'll never take them towards spiritual maturity. And uh, he says the, the resulting outcome is effectively uh, the blind leading the blind. So what we do is uh, we take we take people uh, to to uh, a place where there's really good teaching, as you said, the the church cafeteria, or I call it the the spiritual smorgasbord approach, and uh, it's just a surface experience. It's not actually getting into uh, the nourishment of not only uh, hearing the word, but digesting the word and allowing by the spirit, his word to take root and to actually allow us to be built up. And that's, I think in, uh, you know, Ephesians chapter two, when it says work out your salvation with fear and trembling, this is part of the workout. Hmm. Uh, you go to the gym to work out your muscles to, to become stronger. Part of working out your salvation in terms of growth and development is learning how to, become a self-feeder, and then not only uh, feed yourself, but learn how to feed others as well. That That's that, that's an outcome solution, but there's this process in place. Yeah, I, I think, you know, if, if, if all believers were working with new believers, I yeah. think we'd find the right balance. Because in a way, you are at least equipping and probably feeding someone a bit, but you're training them to be self-sufficient. And you're learning a lot as you do that. So, so let's 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 shift towards yeah. the solution, Tim. Yeah. A solution discussion. Say, how would you teach someone to feed themselves? In fact, let's 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 uh, lay out a scenario that probably has never happened, where someone comes instead of saying, I'm, "I want to be fed" or "I'm not being fed," I want to learn to feed myself spiritually. Yeah. What must yeah. I do? What would you? How okay. would you lay down the tracks for them? Well, the beautiful thing is, is first of all, I would partner with them. I, w- I wouldn't give them a strategy and send them on their way. I, I would feel bound to become uh, relationally responsible as a spiritual, as it were, mentor, parent, mm-hmm. uh, to not only uh, give them a book, which can sit on a, a counter, but actually to engage them in an exercise that will train them how to learn for themselves, uh, how to read and digest the Bible. Now, uh, several months ago, uh, I think we spent at least one or two sessions on just a whole uh discovery uh, methodology, a discovery Bible study. Do you remember way back there? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, where, where, where there's sort of a set questions that give us a lens by which uh, we aren't the teacher anymore, but we're, we're fellow students and we look at the word together and learn together uh, in, in terms of let the word speak for itself. And then we are challenged to do something with the word that, that we have uh, read, digested, and then we have to apply. If it doesn't get to the application level, there will never be any growth. We'll just puff our stuff up with knowledge, you know, 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 13, right? And there's so much knowledge going around, but very little um, development of the ability to 
uh, feed, digest, apply, and then help nourish someone else. Yeah, no, that, that, that's excellent. I think, you know, it, the word prayer and yeah. involvement in a group, I think, would really be the yeah. tracks I would lay down for someone. And I would, but I would say time in the word, as you already re- uh, mentioned, yeah. with the intent of applying and taking action. Yeah. Time in prayer, which I would also say, including asking for direction and doing self-examination, yeah. you know, creating space for the spirit to direct, and then group time where you are occasionally, you know, leading a DBS, dealing with new believers, and yeah. I think that begins to round out, you know, the the self-feeding, including the larger spiritual workout that you've alluded yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question: How soon? Should someone be uh, exposed to the uh, you know discovery Bible study methodology in in their newfound faith? Well, I think discovery Bible studies are used evangelistically. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like people come to faith through them, and once you've walked through it, uh, you're capable of of facilitating it because it's simply asking questions and walking through. And I again, we're still very limited in our experience from a sample size, but I. I've heard of times where people have come to faith through that and they're leading them immediately. They're yeah. even leading them in some way before they've come to faith. And yeah. so they're engaging with the word. And so the the basically when they come to faith, it's just a continuation of where they've been. As exactly. they're moving towards Christ, now they're doing it with the indwelling spirit and they're yeah, so, growing yeah. as believers. So it becomes a, a very natural, uh, organic process. So, so I talked about, you know, when we went out to, Buy all these uh, little toddler-sized utensils and dishes and all that. But you know what? Uh, sometimes I put some food down in front of these little gaffers, and then I turn my back to go and get the utensils. They don't wait for the utensils. They're just grabbing it with their hands and stuffing it in. Why? Because they're hungry. They're hungry. <laughs> and, and they don't care about the mess they make. They just they want to eat and digest. And I just wonder, you know, in, in Scripture, it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. And I, and I wonder when we look at the church and, and hear the occasional person who, who leaves saying, ah, I didn't get fed this morning, uh, they're not hungering and thirsting after righteousness because every time the Bible is open, there's something there. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it isn't uh, the uh, literal uh, teaching that comes from the pulpit, but you, you, the, the spirit is active and he takes something in the word and he challenges you and he causes you to think and reflect and examine. And you can be fed quite well by the spirit on the word, uh, even despite uh, perhaps less than a stellar uh, sermon coming your way. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Tim, just for, for, for uh, motivation, I guess, we were just out visiting our granddaughters and we watched the old Jesus movie with yeah. them, the one from the late seventies, and they were quite, you know, taken with the whole story. And our, our granddaughter Reese, who's in grade two, decided she wanted to read her Bible and read yeah. about what we just watched on the screen. And so she gets her Bible, which is not a kid's Bible; it's an NIV Bible. Yeah. And that evening, she read the first fourteen chapters of Matthew. Wow. And she wow. kept coming out of her room asking questions. She's in the Sermon on the Mount. What does what does raka mean? What does adultery mean? What does this mean? And and worked her way through those first 14 chapters. Wow. She asked if she got up early and got ready for school quickly, if she could read her Bible more in the morning before school. So here's a great tour starting to feed herself and interact with the word. And, yeah. and for me, I, I know that a big part of my getting on track with the Lord or him getting a hold of me in my, when I was 20, 19, 20, was just spending some time in the word. Yeah. And giving the spirit yeah. some fodder to work with in our lives. Yeah. And if people will start there, 
and, and ask questions and, and let the spirit apply it and, and, and respond to what the Lord's saying. I think you're feeding yourself and you're starting to grow. Yeah. And also, you know, when, when you go into, uh, you know, getting a Bible for, for a child, you know, you know, the beautiful thing about kids is they have these picture Bibles that, that basically capture your imagination uh, because we think, I don't know about you, when, when I dream, I don't dream in words, I dream in pictures. <laughs> And, and we have imaginations and, and, and we remember things more when, when, when we can see things. And, and, and therefore, uh, you know, it's the church's responsibility not to say, well, you need to feed yourself. It's to provide resources, mechanisms, um, uh, even good programs, whether it be small group triads, where, where we're learning this together. But the foundation has to be communicated at some point is that you need to learn how to feed yourself uh, to grow in your, your walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the, the church will come alongside you. But, uh, you know, it might be interesting for our listeners today to be challenged to reflect on their life and their spiritual pilgrimage and say, at what point did you stop expecting the church to be the sole source of feeding you? Mm-hmm. And you really took responsibility for feeding yourself, uh, for, for being that hungry, and, and where has it led you? And what have you learned that you could even share with us and others as well? Oh, yeah, that's, that's a great question. Kind of reverse engineered a little bit, yeah. you know, and see, see where it went. You know, uh, I found something kind of interesting here in this, this chapter we're looking at where, where Damien shares how in their, their branch of their disciple-making movement, here are the typical and expected ways individual disciple-makers are to feed themselves. Okay. Number one, reading the Bible daily. Yeah. Number two, consistent abiding prayer. Yeah, the number three, resisting the enemy. And number four, ah. preparing for persecution. Ouch. That's a different list than you normally see, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Especially uh, especially that last one. Persecution, yeah, because, because when you think about it, this is a this is a spiritual battle as well. And and Satan Satan probably just smirks when he looks at the average congregation and people sitting back saying, feed me, feed me, uh, realizing just the potential that is there when people start becoming self-feeders and commune with the Holy Spirit through abiding prayer and activity to the word, all of a sudden something happens. Yeah. And uh, I, I met with uh, one of my leaders yesterday and uh, at the Alpha table, there, there's a couple of ladies who are just on the verge of really coming into a relationship with Christ. And we talked about, okay, so what are the next steps? And obviously uh, I said, well, you made a, better make a personal commitment to walk with them don't just give them a book or whatever so that's where we started it starts with a personal relationship but then at some point we have to teach people uh, one of them is is an immigrant from from china and uh she's just trying to learn the language let alone anything else but 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 you know what it's the relationship our love for others mirrors the love of god through us mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they realize that they're in a relationship with someone and when you love someone, you want to spend time with them. And that's where, you know, in the word, through prayer. Uh, but then there is a challenge that, uh, you know, sometimes growth is hard. It's hard work to grow, to grow naturally and supernaturally as well. So so that that's the challenge before us. Oh, yeah. Well, I would say, Tim, too, because we're talking about disciple making, we're talking about multiplication, we're talking about movements. If we don't equip people to feed themselves, movement and multiplication cannot happen. It's always yeah. going to be one to many. It's going to be the yeah. teaching model. Yeah. But as soon as we multiply out that ability, uh, then, then then multiplication can happen. I love this quote here, the tail end of this chapter. It says, yeah. we want believers to have the mindset of being both responsible for their own spiritual maturity and capable of attaining it. 
under yeah. the guidance of the Spirit. That exactly. is a great, a great summary of what we're talking about here. Exactly. Uh, and maybe that's a good place to land the plane today, Darren, because uh, it sort of leaves us with the fact of uh, challenge, but also encouragement, and also the resources of the, the Spirit and the Word. Mm. Uh, but it means that we're going to maybe have to carve a new trail than, than what the normal experience is in the average church and with the average church attender. And um, uh, my experience has been go for those who are hungry and thirsty and uh, teach them uh, because they want to learn how to do this uh, by the spirit uh, to feed themselves. Yeah. But I would say, you know, even the pastors in existing churches, you know, maybe use a service periodically from time to time, not just to teach, but to train. Yeah. Why not do a message or a teaching on feeding yourself and actually train people to yeah. feed themselves during that service? I, I know I've done trainings on Sunday mornings before, and it's worked very well, whether evangelism training or other things, and people are open to that. So why not leverage what we're already doing right. to equip people in the way they need to be equipped? And also realize that for some people, this is going to be a very awkward topic because they've never really broached or been challenged by this. And, and therefore, we, we need to be very humble and patient with people and allow the spirit to work. But uh, when we look at the big picture of disciple-making movements, uh, this is, this this is you know, I don't hesitate, hesitate to say, uh, this is the only way on this side of heaven in terms of our responsibility of doing our part. We need to do this. Uh, otherwise, a movement will not develop and uh, become contagious uh, with other people as well. Amen. I think that is an excellent place yeah. to land. This is a big part of making disciples, feeding ourselves and training others to do that. Thanks for joining us. Look forward to having you join us again. Thanks, Tim. Hope you have an excellent day down there. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hungry. I, I think I'm going to go get a meal. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? I, I've just come back from uh, oh. a meal because I'm, a, I'm an hour ahead of you right now with our time. That's right. Here, you so are. Yeah. I'm already yeah. all fed up and I'm ready hungry. for the nap. We're fed up. Anyway, yeah. blessings to you. Join us again next time, friends, on Disciple Making. Blessings. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or ChristFollowerDNA.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.